0: that because Clark sometimes takes a while to come around to things, that I actually have to plan ahead like months in advance. So if I know, like let's say for example, I want to paint the kitchen. I know that I need to like three months in advance, I need to start talking about like, man, this color doesn't really go well with these cabinets, right? Like, oh, you know, I've been looking, I've been researching what paint is the best. Should we buy our paint from here or here? And I just like slowly start to drop the hints and I start to talk about it. And then eventually when it comes time, I'm like, Clark, I think we should paint the kitchen. you know what? We should paint the kitchen. I think it's about time. That color does not go well with the cabinets. And so that requires me to just have to plan ahead a little bit more. Can anybody relate to that at all?
1: I heard a lot of, Female voices.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> how, how, like when did you start planning that you were going to marry me, like when did you know that?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just curious.
1: Um, well, I was, uh I, <laughs> I, I was, uh, <laughs>
0: They're trying to coach you from the I, no, audience right now. Do you hear that? Yeah. Like, don't no. say the wrong thing, Clark. No. Oh too
1: late, too late. Uh, no, I was, uh, I was 15 years old and uh, I, was at a, I was at a youth convention. When did we meet? And, uh, we were 15. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad it stood out to you. Uh, I was 15 <laughs> and uh, uh, I was at a youth convention in Kingston, Ontario. And I just kind of started going to the youth group. Um, you know I had other things that were you know kind of taking uh, precedent in my life, and I was playing a lot of hockey and uh, uh, and that was kind of really important to me but uh my youth pastor convinced me to to come to this youth convention he said it'd be fun and you know really good time and so I had a few friends that were going so I thought sure yeah I'll go and uh I'll never forget it it was uh it was a Saturday night uh, and I was standing on the floor of the Jock Hardy Arena in Kingston Ontario and um much like the experience that we just had. Their band was on stage and, you know, leading in songs and and, and you could just kinda sense God's presence in the room and it was kind of a new thing to me at 15 years old and I remember kinda just, you know, other people had their hands raised and so I thought, well, I wanna fit in so I'll put my hands up too and, and, you know. and I had my hands up and I just remember kinda looking and just kinda taking it all in and then all of a sudden I stopped. And, and, and Kim was actually standing next to one of my good friends that I had come there with. And uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, it wasn't an audible voice uh, by any sense, uh, but I just felt all of a sudden just in my, in my, in my here, whatever this <laughs> is, I, you know? I don't know why really you call it your spirit, your gut, your whatever, I, I, just, I, just, I just all of a sudden felt this strong sense that I was gonna spend the rest of my life with that person. I was 15 years old. So that was kind of like, like that's pretty far in advance, you know what I mean? Like, but I just, I just, I, that moment really stands out to me. And so uh, we, didn't we, we hadn't even really, we hadn't even met yet.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, we hadn't
1: even met yet. But then I, I the, the next night I saw you go to the front and so I kind of, I worship stalked you. So I <laughs> So I hadn't really gone to the front yet. I was still kind of new to this whole thing. So I was just engaging from my seat. But I, but I saw the one that the Lord had pointed out to me make her way to the front. So all of a sudden I felt the drawing of the Holy Spirit right, to come yeah. to the front too. Yeah. And then we started worshiping like this. And I'm yeah. pretty sure our hands yeah. touched and the rest is history, so. <laughs>
0: We didn't start dating until you like we were 17. It was two years later and we started later. dating at yeah. summer camp. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if you are, I know most of our youth are at camp right now in New Bay Camp. But yeah. So if, if they you, all
1: come home engaged, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> if you
0: are a teenager here, I'm glad you're not hearing this message <laughs> yeah. while you're at camp. That's probably a healthy thing. But we started dating at summer camp when Clark was 17 and I was 16. And um, when did you tell me that you were going to marry me?
1: I told you after we've been dating for two weeks. Yeah. Listen, Kim, I'm a, I'm a man.
0: <laughs> Please you know? describe to me what that means. Clark. And I don't
1: know exactly <laughs> yeah. what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, when I know what I want, I ask kindly for it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I just, uh, yeah, it was, it was two weeks. It was. And, yeah. And, and, and that wasn't wise.
0: Clark, what's the question that we're answering this morning in our Unmuted series?
1: Right now? I don't know. What's it say here? (laughs)
0: It's not written down.
1: No, we're looking at the idea of prophecy. We're looking at the idea of God's Yeah, can
0: I know the future?
1: Yeah, yeah. The question
0: is, can I know the future? And so the question that we're asking and that um, people, I think, often ask, and especially in charismatic circles, and those are circles where we believe that the gifts are still present and are still operating today, and that's what we believe in this church, is that God's not dead, that he is still pouring out his spirit for the church today in 2019, that all the gifts of the spirit are still active and still present. And so we're asking the question this morning then, so can I know the future? Like, Mm. does God tell me the future? Does he let me in on his plan of what's gonna happen in the future? Because I don't know about you, but I've heard people from time to time, you know, I've turned on the TV or I've been in services where people have claimed to speak on behalf of God and say what they believe is gonna happen in the future based on what they believe God is saying to them. So this morning we're answering, That question, can I know the future? Now, have you have any experience at all in that and people speaking? What they think, like whether it's the end of the world or something.
1: Sure, that's the. Th- I think that's kind of the danger with this whole thing <laughs> is that if we're not, like, it's, like, like all of these gifts that we've talked about, uh, when, when they're used, when they're used healthfully, and when they're when they're used, you know, with with God and with His with His Holy Spirit as the source, well, we see amazing amazing fruit established. Yeah. But just just like with great power comes great responsibility, we understand that it, we need to be very careful because I think perhaps we've all been on the other side of, or perhaps we've mm-hmm. all heard stories about these gifts of the spirit, these, yeah. these powers that perhaps he, he, uh, he downloads into us being used and manipulated for other, you know, perhaps selfish ambitions or for people's yeah. own personal gain. Yeah. And, and so I, have certainly seen both. I, I, can remember for me, uh, I was actually at camp. I was at Lakeshore camp and, um, I, I remember this moment where I was really wrestling with what it was that I was supposed to be doing with my future, you know, with, I already knew who I was going to marry, uh, Uh, That was already figured out when I was 15. But now I'm 16 and, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old and I'm trying to figure, out okay, God, what's this look like? And again, like, you know, I had some desires for my own life. I had some, you know, plans and, and uh, some things that I'd kind of established with the help of others. But I, I really, over the course of this week at camp, kind of started feeling this draw towards ministry. And then all of a sudden, uh, again, up at the altar, uh, not because you were there, because I don't remember you being a part of this progress, one. Yeah, progress, yeah, I went there maturing. on my own this time. No. I, I was growing, <laughs> I've been growing. And so, uh, but there was uh, the guy who was speaking, his wife... And a really, really important person in my life, a mentor, if you will, of mine, he came over to me, and these two people stood, and my friend looks at me, and he says, Clark, he said, this is, this is Christy, and Christy believes that she has a word for you from God. And I thought, well, okay. And you know, and like I've joked about, like I was an only child, you know, the fact that the Savior of the world has something he'd like to say to me, I mean, that you know made sense yeah. and so um, <laughs> so in that moment she begins to explain to me Clark I get this there's this picture that I have there's these two doorways and there's one doorway that you have made with your own ambition with your own strength and with your own you know with your own power and with the help of a number of other people and behind that doorway is what you think that you've determined that you desire for your life what you think behind it, that, that's what you want that's what you she goes but I believe that over the last number of weeks there's a new doorway that's been you know been made available to, there's a new doorway that God's kind of been pointing you towards and, and behind that door is his real will for your life and it doesn't look a whole, like, a whole lot like what you've planned but behind that is where you're gonna find joy and freedom and peace and all. Behind that is where you're going to find, and I knew like in that moment, like what she was, I knew it was God calling me to ministry. Like I knew that, in that God was calling me to abandon these dreams and to take this stuff and to more or less set fire to it and to focus wholeheartedly on, on, on that call if you will, that I that I felt was being made clear to me in that moment, and so um, it, it totally changed my trajectory for sure.
0: Yeah, and there are moments, and maybe some of you have experienced some of these things either in your own life, of uh, maybe somebody speaking um, some kind of word, what you would describe as a prophetic word to you. I spoke with someone this week who had somebody uh, speak over them that they were going to give birth to a child. So maybe you've experienced something like that. Maybe you've been in a service before where somebody has said something that kind of speaks forth what God is saying. And that's like the word prophecy actually, like what the root of the word actually means is simply to speak forth. That's what the word means. And so anybody who's prophesying is speaking forth the words of God. They're speaking out the words of God. And so the, the only difficult thing is, is that sometimes, and we're going to talk about this in a little while, um, people abuse and use this gift kind of for their own advantage. And their, for, and you touched on that a little bit, but um, maybe some of your experience, and even the moment that we say the word prophecy, there's like a wall and a guard comes up right away because you're like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, I've that, only seen people church. manipulate or try and move forward their own agenda or try and say you know, what they want. Or uh, maybe, maybe you just have a little bit of reservation when it comes to speaking about prophecy and hearing uh, that word even used in a church building. And so we want a chance to just hopefully simplify it a little bit this morning, speak to what God actually intended for the gift to be used for, and talk a little bit about what it looks like for us as a church moving forward. So we're gonna find ourselves in Acts chapter 11, verse 27 yes. this morning, we're gonna read from there.
1: This is what we read in Acts chapter 11, beginning to read at verse 27, it says this. Now in these we read, days-
0: Make sure you read the right version.
1: Oh, what version are we read? Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll Go read from it. the screen. What version's that? <laughs> okay, we'll read from that one. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Ag- Agabus, who names their kid Agabus?
0: Yeah.
1: Is there any Agabuses here?
0: You've just offended. Did you yeah. see that person walking out the door? Sorry,
1: Agabus. <laughs> <laughs> Northview next week. <laughs> you know, uh, one of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the spirit that great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. They, this they did entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and to Saul to take the elders to take to the elders in church in Jerusalem
0: okay so in this story we have agabus Ag, agabus
1: yeah <laughs> get on the bus
0: <laughs> we have Agabus who comes and he gives a prophecy to the believers at Antioch and what he says is there's a famine coming and so God has spoken to him and given him this knowledge and this word that he needs to speak to the church in Antioch to say listen there's a famine coming and so you need to give what you have right now so you can send it to the believers in Judea so that they can have what they need and so that they don't go hungry and that they don't they aren't lacking during this time of famine and so God God has like spoken to him, revealed this to him, and he speaks it out. And so Luke, as the author of Acts, writes this story to draw attention to the fact that there were people, that there were these people who had the gift of prophecy and who were prophesying in the day of the early church. And God is giving them information and knowledge about what's happening ahead of time so that they can prepare. But the interesting thing is, is that we want you to note about the prophecy that happens here is the prophecy is not to serve any one person. This prophecy does not advance Agabus and his career. It doesn't make him rich by any stretch. It doesn't glorify him or push forward his agenda. The purpose for the prophecy, and you'll find this anytime you see prophecy in the Bible, is so that the church could advance, so that other people could see the goodness of God, so that the gospel, that the message of Jesus could spread throughout the area. Yeah,
1: I love that about this, that all of a sudden, for Agabus, he doesn't. He doesn't capitalize on this to start aim agabus international ministries you know and all of a sudden he's just riding this out and and and, and going but again yeah. like you said the purpose of this was for was for so much more yeah. and and i think it's important for us to to recognize that again as we continue to talk about this with prophecy but again when we look back at all the other pieces that we've talked about in this series mm-hmm. that this, this isn't this isn't for our own gain right. that this 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 beautiful unmuted relationship that we had the privilege of living in with the holy spirit yeah. it, it, it's it's not for, it's not for us, but it's to empower us for witness, it's to enable us to be able to do far much more and to be able to do things such as depicted in the story. And I think that
0: is in the case for the person who is prophesying and for the person on the receiving end of that. Mm. And so the person who's prophesying, there should be no financial gain to them or pushing forward their own agenda or them somehow being able to manipulate a situation to get what they want. And then on the receiving end, the person receiving that prophecy is not for, again, for their gain or for them to receive something, but it's so that the kingdom of God can advance. And that's exactly what you experienced when you were at camp as like a 17-year-old when Christy came and had that word for you. That's not just to build Clark up and so he's like, oh, okay, there's two doors. God's speaking to me right now. God clearly wants to use me to do something.
1: I've got two doors. Like
0: the whole purpose is because God knows that he wants to use Clark Moran to advance his kingdom. It's not about building his empire. It's not about building his life. It's not about puffing up his shoulders and him getting a big head or, or being able to you know, make it rich or do something out of it. It's so that the kingdom of God can advance through his life. And so anytime you see the gift of prophecy used, that's, that's one measuring stick that you can mm. see to be like, is this legit or not? Like, is this, is this somebody out for their own gain or not to look at, is this person benefiting or is the person on the receiving end benefiting? It should benefit the body of Christ as a whole and push forward the message of Jesus. That's good.
1: That's really good. Really good.
0: So, if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing that we want you to note about prophecy, about prophecy, is that there's no self-service. It is not about serving yourself. It is about serving God and serving the body of Christ. There is no room in prophecy. And so, if you hear someone step up and say, "Thus saith the Lord," or "I believe that God is speaking," or "I have a word from God for you," if it does not serve the church and serve God, then that is your first indication that that's a dangerous piece of that's prophecy. That's a great
1: point. Yeah. Thus the Lord that is my parking spot and license plate EL185F you are out of the Lord's will like that yeah we've we've all been in churches we've all seen crazy things we've all seen these moments where these things have happened and and part of the whole purpose of this series is for us to kind of just let's just let's just I don't want to use the word redeem maybe that's too strong a word but maybe it's not like let's just recognize that God still desires to use these gifts. I mean, you had this great little point that you made yesterday. We went to the market yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and so as a family, so as, a, you know, they got the dog and we got our son, Ayo, and, and all the bags and the stuff, and I'm stressing out because the dog Actually, wants the way to eat I everything. I remember it
0: is I have the bags, I have our son, I have the dog. That's how I remember it happening. But anyway, that's fine, keep going.
1: I, we, I that was
0: unnecessary, I didn't need to say that, did I? I don't,
1: I... <laughs> Go, I, remember go, it. Go. I remember it differently, but um, but we bought we bought some tomatoes, some heirloom tomatoes. They were oh, on. Oh, they're so they're good. They're so good. So it's like. Like th-
0: you haven't had a tomato, This <laughs> we're digressing a little bit, but you haven't had a tomato unless you've had an heirloom tomato, right, am I right? Right, right.
1: And they're pretty and, good and, prices. anybody like, with
0: me? Uh, oh my God, I'm yeah. going to bring some heirloom tomatoes next Sunday. Yeah,
1: no, that's not going to happen because I think we got six of them for like $42 or something like that because yeah, no. they're made, you know, <laughs> organic, free range. They have their own chair in the house, you know, they're. Or, you know farmer <laughs> blue eyes blonde hair whatever or yeah they anyway, so good yeah, free from pest you know, anyway so we got these, but there was one that when we got home it had a it had a bruise or a yeah. dent or a something yeah, the or,
0: first one I picked up out of the right? basket right but
1: you didn't throw out all the other tomatoes just because mm-hmm. of because yeah. of the one. We checked the other ones and looked at it, but you reckon well, this yeah. one's, you know, this one's, you know, not mm. quite what we, and yeah. I think that that's what, I think that's what's happened in, yeah. in in a lot of, not just Pentecostal churches, but I think mm-hmm. I think since Acts chapter two, I think that this has happened so often, where so many mm-hmm. churches have just gone, oh, well, and then we've just thrown it all out.
0: Yeah, and that's what I said to Clark. Forget like, all the fruit. Had I been unpacking my basket and saw like, uh, like the, it was like the biggest, reddest most delicious tomato, like the first one that I pulled out and it had a huge bruise on the side. And I said to him, had I just decided that like, oh, all the tomatoes are ruined now because they were at the bottom of the basket and they got squished by the zucchini. Like, had I just ah, decided yeah. <laughs> I just decided in that moment to throw it out, I would have missed out on being able to eat heirloom tomatoes all week. And often I think that that's what happens with the gifts of the spirit and yep. prophecy specifically is that it's so easy for us to just have one bad experience or pull, push, put our hand in and reach out and be like, ah, oh, this one's bruised, this one's damaged, and not give the other ones a chance, exactly. right?
1: Yeah, so good, so good. So,
0: uh, first thing, no self-service, that's the most important thing uh, when looking at prophecy is it should not be serving you personally, uh, it needs to serve the body of Christ and Sir Jesus. The second thing is no superiority. Now let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Let's read that again. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will Prophesy. prophesy. So God says back in Joel, he speaks through the prophet Joel and says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Sons, daughters, men, women, old and young. And what God is saying at that time is that right now, the spirit is reserved for people who are in very specific places of leadership. So we're talking like priests, kings, like th- these are like very, very specific leadership roles. These people have the gift of the spirit. Right." But God speaks through the prophet Joel, and he says, no, it's my desire that all people, and this is what, like Moses actually says this in Numbers chapter 11, he said, man, it's my desire that all people would prophesy, and then Moses sees the 70 people, the 70 leaders that he has begin to prophesy, and it's this like yearning in their spirit that all people would have access to that same spirit that the leaders have access to to be able to lead and make decisions. And so God says, I want everybody to have access to my spirit. It's my desire that all people would prophesy. And he speaks through the prophet Joel and he says, in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit. It's not gonna matter if you are a man or if you are a woman. It's not gonna matter if you right. are a preteen or if you are on your aging deathbed. It doesn't matter if you are in poverty and you have no place to lay your head or if you are the richest of the rich. I will pour out my spirit on all people, right. sons and daughters, right. young and old, slaves and free. All people are gonna be able to experience my spirit. Yeah. And he says, and, and you will prophesy. You will begin to prophesy, and essentially that's what happens in Acts chapter 2. Yeah, yeah. Is that God pours out His Spirit after Jesus leaves and and He He's crucified and He's raised from the dead and He goes out with His disciples and He has this one last face to face conversation with them where He says, "Listen, I'm about to go back to my Father, but now I want you to go out and I want you to continue the work that I started. I want you to share with people about the restoring power that you find in me. I want you to I want you to help people understand that they can experience freedom in, in me and through me. I want you to, I want you to tell people that they can." actually experience forgiveness of their sins, that they don't need to go to a temple, that they don't need to make sacrifices. All they need to do is find themselves in relationship with me and they can have that. I want you to go out and I want you to tell people that. But Jesus says to them, that's going to be really hard for you to do on your own because you're not God. You're going to need a little bit of help. And Jesus tells him, "Well, I was here on this earth. Well, Jesus was here on this earth. He had the Spirit with him, giving him the, the ability to speak for things and to be able to teach and act in wisdom and be able to have just a supernatural compassion for people." So Jesus is saying, "I'm going to transfer my Spirit, my Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. I'm going to transfer that from me to you, and you are going to begin to do the things that I did while I was here on this earth. You are going to begin to step into people's lives and have compassion for them in a way that." you you haven't known before you're gonna step into their lives and be able to discern what it is and spiritual things that are going on and you're gonna step into people's lives and you are gonna begin to prophesy and speak forth the word of God into people's lives he said all people I don't care if you are young old man or woman it doesn't matter every single person is gonna have access to this ability to prophesy and speak into people's lives right And so in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes and the, the, the believers and the disciples at that time are praying with a group of people. And the spirit falls and they begin to speak in other tongues and they begin to prophesy. And Peter is filled and anointed with the spirit and he begins to speak forth the word of God to prophesy and to speak to people about who God is, about what he's doing and about what his plan is for people to come. Yeah. It's this beautiful picture of what happens yeah. and that happens in Acts chapter two when people begin to be filled with the Spirit and begin to prophesy. Uh, I love
1: what you pointed out too that previously it seems as though that these gifts, these sorts of abilities, mm-hmm. this sort of power had been reserved for people that occupied these auspicious or more superior yeah. places. Yeah. But but now there is no superiority, like no. you said when it comes yeah. to this that that as we read already in Acts chapter eleven, he uses He uses a guy named Agabus. Mm -hmm. Up until this point, I haven't heard about Agabus. I don't know that actually following that Agabus ever makes another appearance in scripture. But just, (laughs) uh, here's uh, just this, Guy named Agabus. Mm-hmm. He uses, he can use a guy named Clark. He can use a girl named Cam. He, he uses, as you pointed out too, a, yeah. a guy like Peter to speak this inspired, you know, profound and prophetic message that leads thousands to the point of salvation. Yeah. You need to understand that these gifts that we've been talking about, that this ability to prophesy and to, and to, and to speak forth truth with a measure of boldness and assurance, mm-hmm. that, that, it's, that it is it is it is for everyone yeah. that this is for for all people as has been pointed out and that's just, just so beautiful and so inviting mm-hmm. i think about this again this unmuted relationship yeah. that we have a privilege and we have access to with the holy yeah. spirit and
0: that means that if there is somebody who's prophesying or who's claiming to speak on behalf of God, who is, is doing it in a way that's like, I, I am the person who God's speaking to, and I'm going to share with you what God is saying through me. Um, that should be a bit of a red flag. Mm. And, and the reason why is that God says that he can prophesy through anyone. And so if someone ever makes you feel like you need them to accomplish something that God wants to do... That's just a dangerous, it's just a dangerous right. place to be. Right. Like the Holy Spirit can use anybody. And so if somebody comes to you and says like, I have the gift of prophecy and God is speaking to me, to you, through through me, to you about your situation. And so I'm going to tell you what God wants to say. I'm going to tell you what God wants to do. And you don't even need to worry about asking for yourself or, or or it makes you even feel like your opinion or what you have to bring the table isn't good enough. That's just a really dangerous place to be because God makes Makes it very clear that we are living right now all as people who have the ability to speak forth yeah. what God has to share. And so we, each one of us here in this room, have access to be able to hear from God and to be used by God. The only prerequisite is you, you, you that you get close to Him. As you get close to Him and as He pours out His Spirit into you, you have the ability to speak forth what God says. Now, I'm not suggesting that we take time here, because I feel like any time we talk about stuff like this, we can like be in like a really healthy place, or we can just go a little like off the deep end you know what I'm saying yeah like I'm not suggesting that everybody here needs to just start standing up and being like okay God's speaking to me right now here's what I believe God speaks because Paul actually addresses this right like right. he addresses this yeah. in the New Testament church and he says listen because I, I think some of that was starting to happen people were like all of us prophets everybody yeah. well I, I'm gonna prophesy and you can prophesy too and he over there he's gonna prophesy people start Paul, bringing
1: their own microphones to church you know right check check, check, check. yeah <laughs> you know?
0: but but Paul actually addresses this and he says listen that's not the way that it's supposed to be. Maybe let's have like a couple people, you know, in the service who, who are prophesying. This isn't, this isn't the time for everybody to just be like, God's speaking this to me, God's speaking that to me. And here's what he wants to say, because uh, that can just create kind of this like chaos. And so we need to make sure that like inviting and opening our lives up to prophecy does not mean that we have to open our lives up to chaos and crazy. That's Do you right. know what I'm saying?
1: That's right. Right.
0: Opening our lives up to say like, God, what are you trying to speak to us right now? God, what is it that you're trying to say? God, what is it that you want to do through us? There's like a, a safe way for that to operate and there is a chaotic way for that to operate. And you
1: touched on it a little bit too. It's that idea like it might be a red flag if somebody mm-hmm. kind of comes across with this measure of arrogance and like, hey, you need me. Uh, mm-hmm. This is important. God's choosing to Like if to you this, this
0: morning were doing me. that, like yeah. if you were the one that was like stepping forward and saying like, hey, I, I, I'm the prophet here and so God is speaking to me and I'm going to tell you what God is saying. Yeah. Like, that, I, that's actually and, a really dangerous
1: posture, Yeah, no, it posture, would be, a, right? it'd be an incredibly awkward ride home. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but I think that it's any of these things, any of these gifts, any of these, th- we want to be mindful and they need to be yeah. done with this healthy, reverent fear mm-hmm. sort of a God. I mean, we don't want to be necessarily cowardice by any means in that, but there needs to be yeah. some measure of reverence where like there's there's a humility that kind of, you know, keeps keeps our keeps our spirit in check. Like, yeah. wow, I I feel as though right now in this moment, God's God's mm-hmm. inspiring me to 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 say this and yeah. to declare this, and and what a humbling yet joyous opportunity that is to, you know, be obedient and to be used, again, not for one's own self-service, but for the advancement of of God's kingdom. And so
0: for me, if I feel like God's laid something on my heart or I feel like God is speaking to me about something, it's really important for me that my posture is is one of humility where it just, like, I might approach people and say, listen, here's here's what I feel like God is speaking to me right now. And I would challenge people on the receiving end of that to, like, ask yourself a couple questions. So if I say, like, here's what I believe God's speaking to me right now. Does that line up or confirm something that God is already speaking to you? Because it shouldn't come, like, if I come to you and I'd be like, I don't know, maybe this doesn't make sense or not, but, like, um, I'm going to use something, like, totally off the wall that, that's crazy. But let's say I go to Pastor Allison and I say, Pastor Allison, I believe God is speaking to me right now. And um, I, I just believe like uh, that you're supposed to move to Africa, like I just believe that that's okay, what's happening and God on. is speaking to me. i am set off the wall because that's, that's I'm yeah, trying to pick something that's wall. definitely not true in order for what Allison then needs to experience back and say like, okay, is that coming out of totally out of left field? Like, it, it, have I never even heard of that before? Or is that confirming something that God has already been stirring up in my heart? Mm-hmm. Is that confirming something? Because if if Allison hasn't been able to get, you know, Nigeria off her mind for uh, months and not just because we were, this may be a bad example, but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but if yeah, she I'm hasn't been to able sweat. to
1: this like,
0: <laughs> use a different place. Um, how about Venezuela? So uh, Allison hasn't been able to get Venezuela off her heart for like a really long time and she just keeps thinking about it and she feels like God's just been like tugging at her heart and she's already been spending time in prayer just being like, God, is there something you're trying to speak to me? Like, do you want me to learn Spanish? Like, what, what's going on? And then I come to her and I say, Allison, I don't know, this feels crazy to me and I maybe i am coming out of left field right here but I just feel like God is just wants me to share with you that I think he might be calling you to Venezuela, like. For her, if that confirms something in her heart, that's a lot different than if I come to her and say like, Allison, I feel like God's calling you to Venezuela. And she's like, Vena, where? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I believe that God's already speaking to me about like where he's called me to do and what he's called me to do here in Abbotsford. Like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. So somebody speaking a word of prophecy should confirm something. It also needs to line up with scripture. Right. So if I go to Alison and I say to her like, you know, God is really speaking to me and I think you just like, I, I, I think, you know, I think you can do better than Danny, and I think you just, you need to go and you, you should, you should leave him and find someone My else. My
1: goodness, Kimberly, he's not even here to he's defend not himself. He's <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: But the second thing that you need to realize, if somebody speaks a word of prophecy to you, it has to line up with scripture. Right. And there's nowhere in scripture that says that Allison can do better than Danny. <laughs> At least not overtly. <laughs> Bible talks about marriage and about two becoming one and about God's plan for marriage to be, you know, oneness and wholeness. And so if I'm coming to her and saying, like, I think you need to leave your husband, that doesn't line up with what Scripture says. Says, And so anytime somebody does have a word of prophecy, you need to step back and say, okay, are they approaching this with an attitude of humility? Are they right. confirming something that I believe that God's already trying to do? And are they speaking something that is, uh, that lines up with scripture or not?
1: Right, right. I got a few things to speak to that. Number one, Danny's a fantastic young man. <laughs> and he's great. And you guys are wonderful. He's my
0: brother. I know, In case I know. So Kim's
1: know. obviously got a chip on her shoulder. I thought, okay. I, thought I could. <laughs> It goes back to stuff that happened in their childhood. We don't want to get into it. Number two.
0: It's true. He was a favorite.
1: Number two, until <laughs> I came along. Number two, <laughs> stay here forever. We love you and you are incredible at what you do. Then is nowhere. Okay? Never. <laughs> never you're not allowed to ever leave Abbotsford okay thanks glad to be you. the other thing
0: I second that
1: <laughs> the other thing is I think what you've touched on is so important like so so important and I think that we need to understand that more often than not what mm-hmm. happens a word of prophecy is to confirm something not necessarily mm-hmm. to construct something yeah you know and so and, and also I think to be mindful of the because per- I think what's beautiful in this little imagery that you've made like you play a real significant role in Allison's life mm-hmm. and it's not that you've said that but she's actually said that to you she's promoted you to that place. Yeah. And so to be mindful of also who that perhaps is coming from, that, that needs to, that, I think that all plays a part of it, and so yeah. I, I think we need to. We need to church. We need to recognize again just how powerful and, and just how uh, just how important the healthy activation of a gift like this, the reactivation of yeah. a gift like this, can be amongst amongst this body in setting us to the course that we believe that God's calling us to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So no self service, no superiority, and number three, no scoffing. Here's mm-hmm. the reason why we chose that word. First Thessalonians five chapter. 20 to 21 says this. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. And so Paul is speaking to the church here at Thessalonica, and he's saying to them, clearly they have had some people who have been scoffing at prophecies. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't need to say it. And that just means that people have been like, pfft, Like, are you kidding me? Like, what is that person doing? Are you, oh, somebody's prophesying again, and he's saying, listen, don't scoff at prophecies. Can we get the scripture back up on the screen again? Don't scoff at prophecies but test everything that is said. And he says, hold on to what is good. Good. Don't throw out all the tomatoes just because one is rotten. And so this is kind of a bit of a warning, I think, for us because prophecy has been so misused and so distorted and, and so used by so many people to advance their own careers or to get rich or to move forward their own agenda that it's so easy for us the moment that we hear prophecy to just like throw it out and be like, oh, are you kidding me? not one of those churches oh my gosh like it's our responsibility to hold on to what is true to throw out but in order to do that we need to be able to like have some kind of a measuring stick to know like what is God speaking and what is somebody else just putting forth their own agenda? Like what is God, What what is God actually trying to speak forth through someone to us and what's us just trying to move things forward on yeah, our own?
1: I think it's, it's, it's so easy to criticize the things that we don't understand. And, and I mean, you, you can see that happen all the time on on your newsfeed, if you care to, this afternoon, everybody has an opinion and has a thought, and and quite often their thoughts and opinions and maybe their criticisms comes from a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding of the initial argument or what it was that was actually initially being presented. And and I think for us, it's become so easy for us to to criticize, mm-hmm. to criticize the move of the Holy Spirit, to chalk it up to just being, you know. Just some of those wild and crazy charismatics, you know, that believe for all those miracles and all those healings and all those things. It's so easy for us to criticize and to, and to, and to, and to ridicule the, the things that perhaps we don't understand or the things that perhaps we've maybe seen, you know, misused or, or misdirected or misguided in, in the years past. But one of the purposes of this series has been for us to adequately explain to you just how normal and how natural a supernatural relationship should be just how normal and how natural a a supernaturally inspired you know unmuted relationship between son and 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 spirit between daughter and 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 spirit between creator and creation should actually be how it is the redemptive plan that he has for this world And so it's easy to sit back and criticize. And it's easy to remember all the times that prayers have gone unanswered or those miracles that perhaps you were longing for that have still yet to happen. And and it's easy for us to ridicule and it's easy for us to scoff Mm -hmm. at the spirit. Yeah. But I want to encourage you, church. Don't throw out the things that are good. But to remember those moments and to remember those times in, in that in that season in, in your life where God supernaturally provided for you, where 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 somebody came to you with a word from God on, on a on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon or a, a Wednesday at work, and, and those moments where, where this you've seen you you know that this you know that when it's the Spirit of God that it's good, you know that when it's really when it's really from His throne room, throne throne room that it's trustworthy. So don't don't just mm-hmm. Don't just throw all the tomatoes out just because you found one with a bruise
0: yeah over the last year we had quite a few people who felt like they had words for
1: us <laughs> sometimes tragedy kind of stirs that up
0: it does Doesn't yeah it? yeah and i think because people were really journeying with us yeah and they were praying for us and they were really believing um we had we just had quite a few words from people and i would regularly get messages um Online and people would come up to me when they would see me and say like, you know what, I just really believe, like, uh, I feel like God told me blank, blank, blank. I feel like God just revealed to me blank, blank, blank. And often it was that we were coming home really soon. (laughs) So the first couple times I was like, amen. Woo, God is moving, he's doing something. He is sending us home and then, you know, October hits. And then somebody else would be like, you know what? I just believe like God, God has just revealed this to me. And they like speak again that like, you know, you're coming home by Christmas. Like God showed me that you are going to be home by Christmas and that's going to happen. Amen. And then Christmas came and went. And so month after month after month, and it may, it, it makes it really hard not to like scoff at prophecy sure it does. when that like, again and again, you're just like, really, really that like God, God told you that. Probably, I don't know, maybe like two or three months ago, I really started to just like ask God, like, God, what are you trying to say? And then and, and I would get a message from somebody and they would say, like, I just, this is what I feel like God told me. I really started to like check my heart a little bit because at some point God might actually be trying to speak to me through someone and I've totally written it off. <laughs> And I don't want to get to that place where God might actually be trying to get my attention or might actually be trying to speak to me or might actually be trying to confirm something in my heart. But I've just written it off because of so many bad experiences in the past. And you will, you will experience people who are saying things or who are believing things that don't happen. Like people are going to get it wrong sometimes. We're human and we're all just trying to figure out what the voice of God sounds like or how he might be able sure. to use us. Like you are gonna experience that from time to time. But sometimes God is speaking and he might be really trying to speak through you. And so it's so important that every single time somebody comes to you, instead of just scoffing at it and just brushing it aside or just like moving on with it, asking like, God, are you trying to say something to me through this person? And ask, pray for discernment. God, mm-hmm. it? Uh, Like, is this of you or is it not? Like, what's what's happening? Because I don't want to be that person who just throws it aside and who scoffs at it. I want to, like, measure what might be true, what God might actually be wanting to do through us and in us. Like, I I don't want to miss out what he might be trying to say. So as we move forward in this church, we are doing our best to be open to what God wants to do and what he wants to say through us, and to us and in us. We believe that the Holy Spirit is active in the world today. We don't believe that all these gifts died with the apostles. We believe that when his spirit is poured out on all people, that today in 2019 in Abbotsford, that sons and daughters can still prophesy. We believe that our preteens at camp last week can hear from God and experience Him, and some of our seniors who are bedridden at home that God is still speaking clearly to them. We believe that it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, that God can do something, and we're doing our best here at Abbotsford Pentecostal Assembly to walk in what that looks like. And sometimes, like, if we're being honest, sometimes it scares us a little bit, sure. and there are moments where we honestly don't even really know how to navigate through what God might be wanting to do next. <laughs> but we don't wanna close ourselves off to what He could do through us and in us. That's right. And so we're just trying to remain open. And that's all we're trying to do, just with our posture and with our hearts, is remain open and consistent and constantly say, God, What are you trying to say to me? God, what are you trying to do in my life? And that means that as a leadership team, we're here as a church, being like, God, where do you want to take us next? God, what do you want to do? And trusting that He's revealing things to us, it means that for us in our own personal lives, that I'm waking up in the morning and saying, God, is there anything you want to say to me today? It means that when we're walking up here and standing in front of you, we're asking, God, is there anything you want to do and you want to use me to do today? And we want you to do the same thing in your life because we are not the we are not the ones who have the gift of the Spirit. I mean, not only us. Like you have access to that same thing and we want you to wake up every single morning and say, God, how do you want to use me today? Is there anything you want to speak through me? Is there anyone you want to touch through my life today? Because it should be building up the body of Christ. It should be all of us having access to that same spirit and moving about it in our daily lives. And it should be us being open to what God wants to do in us and through us.
1: So maybe consider this uh, your invitation, your formal invitation from your lead pastors to try the Holy Spirit again. When we, when we, look, when we look at Acts, as has been talked about, and when we, when, we, when we see what takes place by a group of people, as Kim has just mentioned, who wake up every morning convicted and consumed with the idea of how the Spirit might desire to use them, we're told that they meet in one another's homes, That they're regularly breaking bread and having, sharing meals together and thanking God for everything that they have. That they live in this space, in this sphere of generosity where they're readily just giving away things to anybody who might need them. That they're spending time in God's word, that they're spending time in prayer together, that they're sharing all things in common, ready to help any as all have need. And we're told that God adds to their number daily, those that are being saved. I think if we would live in light of the power that the Holy Spirit provides, we would put less pressure on Sunday and we put enough pressure on ourselves to live every day in light of that power that's been made possible to us. Mm -hmm. I look forward to the day that I believe is soon coming. I look forward to the day where we know that the kingdom is continually growing throughout this city by way of what it is that the Spirit has convinced and compelled you to do on Tuesday afternoon. That you possess that same resurrection power. Pastor Jeremiah mentioned it earlier, that same resurrection power exists inside of you. So, this is not to make you more superior than the person that lives next door to you. This is not for your own selfish gain and so that you can begin your own international ministry like Agabus narrowly perhaps avoided. This is is not to be scoffed at, it's not to be overlooked, it's not to be ridiculed, but it's to be engaged with. And by you and I choosing to engage with it more fully, there's a chance that perhaps we could be used to expand God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.